feel a great burden to minister the word of the Lord this morning. And um, I believe the word of the Lord, the preaching of the word of the Lord has the power to change lives. Power to change lives. And uh, so we thank the Lord for it. I, I, um, I won't preach today on this, uh, this simple title, but a powerful, powerful principle and a powerful understanding. I want to preach today about the cross of Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <coughs> the greatest message that could ever be preached is the message that declares the fact that Jesus Christ loved you and I so much that he died on a cross, he was buried, and on the third day he came out of the grave. He did so that, so, so that you and I could be forgiven. He did so that our lives could be sever, forever set free from the bondage of sin and death. Is there anybody grateful for the cross of Christ today? It's the greatest message that could ever be preached. Oh, hallelujah. And whereas many have heard about this glorious sacrifice that Christ has made for all of us, everybody hasn't heard about it. Some have, many have, but not everybody. And since it is eternally essential that all of us understand what Christ did for us, please allow me to take you back for a few moments to this timeless story of the cross of Christ. The Bible tells us that the God of all heaven, the God that created it all, the God that was and is and is to come, the God that was before and will be after, that God. God, the Bible says, is spirit, therefore invisible. And this invisible God chose to robe himself in flesh in order to take upon himself the form of a man. And his name is Jesus. And as a man, Christ was completely and totally without sin. He had his, in his whole life never done one thing wrong. Never an unkind word. Never an impure thought. Never a sinful act. Yet the authorities of his day conspired together against him to put him to death. The Roman ruler agreed and issued the death sentence to be carried out by crucifixion. The man Christ Jesus was beaten mercilessly with whips that tore the flesh from his bones. Shreds of tissue and rivers of blood marked the place of his torture. The Bible says that his visage or his face was more marred than any other man in the history of the world. They put a robe on him in order to scorn him and placed a crown of thorns upon his brow and it was then that they began to mockingly cry out, Hail, King. He was led away to the place called Golgotha or the place of the skull. He was so weakened from the beatings that he fell beneath the weight of his own cross and somebody else had to carry it for him. Upon arrival at the place of his execution, the robe was ripped from the congealed wounds and he was placed down upon the cross. His hands, his hands which had healed, his hands which had 
comforted so many. His hands that had loved so many with his touch now were brutally nailed to the wood. His feet that walked up to lepers and cleansed them. His feet that led him and carried him to those unloved and to those that nobody else wanted to be around. The feet that trod on the sea were likewise nailed to the cross. It, it takes mere moments to relay the story, but can you imagine just for a moment the agony that he must have endured? On that day, can you hear the hammer once again falling over and over and over again? Can you hear the echoes? Can you hear the cries? Can you hear the horrid sounds that must have emanated from Calvary's hill that day? But more importantly, can we understand that he did all of that for you and he did all of that for me? Woo! And so it was that... The cross stood upright and there hung the Savior of the world suspended by nails that tormented him. For six long hours he labored for every breath. For six hours the flies swarmed around his open wounds. For six hours his vision blurred in the heat. And in, with his thirst, the six hours, every nerve ending in his body screamed for relief. For six hours, he endured the taunts of sinful man. For six hours, he watched the agony in his mother's eyes as his own mama looked up at him on the cross. For six hours, he rejected the temptation to call 10,000 angels down from heaven and loose him from that cross. For six hours, he looked through the portal of time and he saw you and for six hours uh, he saw me and he did it all so that I could have a fresh start and so that you could have a fresh start. Uh, he did it all so that we could find hope today. Uh, he did it all so we could find help today. Uh, he did it all in order to take away the worst out of all of us and replace it with heaven's best. He did it so we could have liberty. He did it so we could have freedom. If you're not excited about this, there's something wrong with you today. I'm thankful for the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for what he did. I'm thankful for the blood that he shed on Calvary's hill. Come on, somebody praise him. Praise him like you're thankful. Praise him like you're thankful for it all. Thankful for the cross. Thankful for the cross. I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful for the cross. Thank you for the cross, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. And so, as I was reading the word this week, there was something related to his death that vaulted from the pages and slammed into my mind and my emotions confronted me so powerfully with the reality of its truth and the reality of what he was saying. For Christ knew, he knew, he knew everything that was about to happen to him at the cross. He knew the whipping that he was about to endure. He knew the suffering he was about to experience. He knew the pain that he was about to encounter. He knew it. 
But in order for these Roman soldiers to inflict all of that pain and the eventual death into his life, they first had to apprehend him. And they could not apprehend him unless they knew where he was. And without going into the whole story, the way they would eventually apprehend him was because one of his very own disciples by the name of Judas would betray him. One of his very own disciples would sell the knowledge of where Christ was for a few paltry pieces of silver. So it was that we read of the beginning of this betrayal of Judas. It is what is commonly referred to in, uh, by us today as the Last Supper. Here it is that Jesus is having the Last Supper that he's going to have with his disciples in fleshly form on this earth. And he's sitting around, get the picture. Here they are, Jesus, the 12 disciples, and they're there and they're having this meal together. And then it is, it is here where I want to pick up the story, John chapter 13 and verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in his spirit. He knew what was about to happen. He knew the suffering he was about to endure. And you just have to know he was troubled in his spirit because of it. And testified and said, verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you are going to betray me. One of you are going to put into motion everything that's about to happen in my life. Then the disciples look one to another, doubting of whom he spoke. So they're all looking at each other. They're saying, it's not going to be me. I'm not going to betray him. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. It's talking about John. John is kind of laying upon on Jesus. Verse 24, and so Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him. He gets John's attention. that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. So Peter, I don't know where he's sitting, but John's kind of leaning up close to Jesus. So Peter whispers, John, John, ask Jesus. I don't know why Peter just didn't ask himself, but he got John's attention and asked John, John, ask Jesus who it is that's going to betray him. Verse 25, he then lying on Jesus' breast, John saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Who is it that's going to betray you? Jesus answered and says, it is he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And what he's talking about there, he's got a piece of bread in his hand and on the table would have been spices or some sort of a, a dip or a, a, some, some sort of a, a, a mixture of whatever, a, a spicy mixture of something in somewhat of a liquid form. And, and, and he took the bread and he dipped it. They would dip that and they would eat it. And, and so he dips it into that and he said, whoever I give this to, He's the one that's going to betray me. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Now watch it, here it is. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, what you're about to do, do quickly. And it was that last statement, it was that last statement, Sister Vera, that affected me so greatly this week. Judas, your betrayal is what's going to set in motion the proceedings that will cause me to experience pain and agony like few people have ever experienced. Judas, your betrayal is going to start the clock on that which will eventually cause my hands and my feet to be nailed to a rugged cross. 
Judas, your betrayal is going to lead to a sword, a, a spear being stuck into my side and blood and water is going to come out, Judas. Judas, your betrayal is going to be the very act uh, that brings about the whippings of my back, the beating of my body, and the mocking of my person. So Judas, that which you're about to do, Judas, this betrayal you're about to carry it out, Judas, do it quickly. And it is that statement of love that Christ made that I cannot fathom. I cannot wrap my brain around those words. Do it quickly. For even though he knew the price he was about to pay, he told Judas, betray me quickly. If it's me, Brother Tap, I want him to take his time. Take your time, Judas. But Jesus says, do it quickly. Why? 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 I'll tell you why. Because he saw you. And he saw me. And he saw our problems. And he saw our bondage. And he saw our sin. And he saw our hopelessness. And he saw our failures. And he saw our struggles. And he saw our oppressions. And he saw our pain. And he knew that our only hope was for him to die on the cross. So Judas, in my flesh, I may not want to die. In my flesh, I may not want to experience what I'm about to experience in my flesh. I may not want to endure what I'm about to endure, but I see a broken humanity that needs what only I can give to them. So Judas, betray me quickly so the world can have access to the answer that they so desperately need. Judas, betray me quickly so that all that are broken can find the only thing that can restore the shattered remains of their life. Judas, do it quickly. There are those that are bound and they need a solution and I am their solution and my death is their solution and my death is the only way out of their bondage, Judas. Do it quickly so a lost world can find salvation. I know it was horrible. I know it was horrific but I'm so thankful Christ did not delay his death. Judas, go quickly. I know that some of the greatest pain he experienced in his life was greater than anybody ever else did. But I'm so thankful Christ didn't back out. I'm so thankful he didn't take the long way. I'm so thankful he didn't delay. Judas, do it quickly. I'm thankful Christ didn't change his mind. Do it quickly. There's a lost world that needs what I'm about to do. And I can't do it until you betray me. So do it quickly. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. The Lord loved you and I enough. He willingly allowed himself to be taken and beaten. Crucified. So that we could be set free. For here the reality is, listen very carefully today, the reality to all of us in the room is this. 
no matter what we think, our problems cannot be fixed by our own methods, our own abilities, or anything that we may try to do in and of ourselves to fix them. They will never be fixed by anything that emanates from us. But our problems and our greatest of needs can only be fixed because of what Jesus Christ purchased for us by loving us enough to die on the cross of Calvary. I thank God for the cross today. I thank God for the shed blood today. I thank God for the price that he paid. I couldn't fix what needs fixing. You can't fix what needs fixing, but because he did what he did, because he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, I can be fixed and you can be fixed by the power of Almighty God. Now, a few things to say. I want to say them quickly. But Jesus would say these words concerning the totality of his work and what he accomplished at the cross. John chapter 12 and verse 32. And he said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men. Somebody say all men. Man is not, man is in male, it's humankind. All humankind unto me. And whereas some may mistakenly think that he's talking about them Uh, Humanity lifting him up in worship or praise, that's not what he's talking about. For he's talking about being lifted up on the cross and being lifted up on that torturous tree in order to be crucified by the hands of sinful men. For when he was lifted up on that cross on that day, that is what made it possible for all mankind to have an opportunity to be drawn to him. Him with the answers. Him with everything we need. Him with our salvation. Him with our healing. Him with our hope. Him with all that we could ever imagine. Him, 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 him. Hear me, hear me. It does not matter what you have done. The only thing that matters is what he's done. Well, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. The only thing that matters is what he did. And he died for you. He shed his blood for you so that you can have access to him. You can bring all your hurt with you to him. You can bring all your problems with you to him. You can bring all your deficiencies with you to him. We would have had nobody to go to if he hadn't died. But because he died, we have access to him. Now, the Apostle Paul, got to hurry. The Apostle Paul knew of the power of the cross when he said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is what I'm doing today. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us which are saved, it is the, it is the power of God. He was saying that some don't think the cross holds the answers. And some don't think the cross holds any promise. 
In fact, they think it's just foolishness and they don't want anything to do with the cross. They've heard about it. They've seen it plastered on billboards, uh, all that talk of Jesus, all that talk of the cross, all that talk of crucifixion, that's just for you church people. But we need to understand today that the cross is the key to it all. The cross is the source of it all. The The cross is from which the power of all God flows out of. Your answer, your healing will be made manifest when you find your way to the cross. It's all about the cross. It's all about what he did at the cross. That is where the power lies. Now, let me show you this power, this power, this tremendous power that only comes from the cross. And let me show you why, because somebody in the house may be very possibly is sitting here and saying this you're talking about something that happened thousands of years ago how in the world could something that happened thousands of years ago be relevant for my life today how where's the connection and I want to show you today that it is absolutely relevant the cross is absolutely relevant because he didn't just die for those that were alive when he died he died for all mankind Think with me now, we have to understand that mankind is made up of three parts. Body, physical body, soul, which is our mind, it's our thoughts, it's the inward us, it's the real us, it's our emotions, it's who we are, and spirit, and spirit is that which is going to live on after we die. All of mankind's needs can be found in those three parts of who we are. For all of mankind will either have physical problems, emotional problems, or spiritual problems, or all three. But it is my assignment to give someone revelation of the fact that there is no problem that humanity that you and I will ever face that Calvary has not already purchased healing for. Let me show you. The first part, the first part of who we are is uh, our body. It is our fleshly nature. It is our physical frame. There are those today who have walked into this room with pain in your physical body. You have walked into this room with problems and issues and deficiencies and uh, uh, things that are affecting you physically. But as Brother Ron has already kind of made reference to in our service, in our prayer service this morning. I want you to see what the Bible says in First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live righteous, by whose stripes you were healed. Now, there are a lot of things that I don't understand about healing, but this one thing I do know. The book says, the Bible says, the Word of God says, God says, the one who cannot lie says that he took the stripes on his back so that we would be healed. Before he was crucified, they 
tied him to a post and the Roman guard took out a whip and 39 times he lashed that whip across the back of my Savior. And he did that so that you and I could have the physical problems of our life healed. So I come to say today, if you have walked into this room and you've got a physical problem, you've got a problem in your body, you feel physical pain today, I encourage you to put your faith in the healing power of Jesus Christ and what he made available to you and I by taking the stripes on his back at Calvary. For I just believe it's the will of God that even right now somebody can be healed by the power of the Holy Ghost if you put your faith in what he did, if you put your faith in the, in the whip of his back and the purchase of your healing, I wonder if somebody right now would just lift your hands and say, I put my faith in your healing power. I put my faith in your healing power. Be healed in Jesus' name. 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 I receive your healing, Jesus. By your stripes, I am healed. It's not emotionalism. It's not hype. We don't need to get the drums going in order to get it. I put my faith in your word. Your word says, by your stripes, my body can be healed. And I receive it. I receive it. I receive healing into my body right now. Somebody needs to understand today that his stripes were bigger than cancer and his stripes are bigger than diabetes and his stripes are bigger than any disease in your body. His stripes are bigger than whatever the doctor said. His stripes are bigger than whatever the report came back. His stripes are bigger. I receive it, 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 I receive it. I pray, I speak against pain in the name of the Lord Jesus. I curse every cancer cell in the name of the Lord Jesus. I curse every thing that is against your will in our physical frames now in the name of the Lord God. Go ahead and receive it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Receive. We got time for a miracle. I said we got time for a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my miracle right now. 
Thank you for my healing right now. I feel the pain leaving even right now. I feel the problem leaving even right now. God, I feel a testimony coming forth out of this physical test. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. You've already done it. You've already purchased my healing. I'm just putting my faith in what you've already done. Hallelujah. 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 I need to move on, but I can't. Amen. 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 Hang on, hang on. Sister, I'm going to embarrass you. I don't mean to. Sister Serena, come here. Where you at? Come here. I'm not embarrassed you, I promise. So this is Sister Kelly, if you don't know her. She's got terrible back pain, right, Sister Kelly? Okay, you're going to anoint her. you got the power of the Holy Ghost all through you and all on you. You're going to open that. You're going to get it on your finger. You're going to put it on her forehead. And you're going to pray. And you're going to say, God, heal her. I command healing virtue into her body. When that happens, the Holy Ghost is going to move through you. It's going to hit her, and she's going to be healed in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? Do it right now. Let's go. Lift your hands. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. I command healing virtue to flow into your body right now. I command healing virtue to flow into your body right now. And not just her, but I command healing virtue to sweep across this house from the left to the right as a wave of healing. Let it flow in this house right now. I receive my healing right now. By his stripes, I am already healed. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. healed. 
I believe it with all everything within me. I have been healed. Thank you, Sister Serena. You can bring the oil back up. And Sister Kelly just continues to praise and worship God. I wonder if everybody else in the house can praise and worship and magnify Jesus for being our healer, 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 the healer of our bodies, the healer of our bodies. Don't let anybody convince you that miracles have ceased. Anybody in the house ever received a physical miracle in your body? Raise your hand right now. Look around the room. Physical miracles in our bodies. Now, maybe seated. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. First part of us and who we are is our physical Body, the second part of who we are is our soul. It represents our minds. Now stay with me now, right? It represents our minds. It represents our thoughts. It represents our emotions. There are some people here today who need a major healing in your mind. There are people in this room today that are bound by fear. There are people in this room today that are bound by depression. There are people in this room that are bound by anxiety. There are people in the room that are bound by the memories of your past, the hurt of your past, the abuse of your past. I wish I could tell you about how the mind works today, what causes you to feel and to experience the emotions that you experience, and I'm sure there are those much smarter than I that could explain it. But I can tell you what the book says. I can tell you what the book says happened at Calvary on the day of our Savior's death. Mark 15 and 17. They clothed him with purple. And they plaited, they made a crown of thorns. And they put it about his head. When the crown of thorns was placed upon his head, it was for the healing of our mind. That just symbolically as his blood poured down over his head, so also the blood that he shed at Calvary for you and I has the power to to flow over our minds. So I have an answer better than the psychologist. And I have an answer better than the psychiatrist. (laughs) I have an answer. I have an answer for far better than anything. I have an answer far better than you popping pills just to make it through the day. Christ endured the pain, the suffering, the anguish of that crown of thorns on his head in order that you and I could receive a healing of our minds and a healing of our emotions. 
what he experienced on that cross when they put that crown of thorns on his head made it possible for somebody to be delivered from depression before you leave this house today. You say, well, I've been depressed for 10 years. Doesn't matter. Now you're going to get a revelation of what Christ did for you at the cross. And with that revelation is going to come deliverance. Somebody's about to be delivered from suicidal thoughts. Somebody's about to be delivered from the oppressive darkness that you live under every day of your life because of what he did on the cross. It's the will of God for fear to leave you, torment to leave you. Anxiety is going to leave you. Negative memories of past hurts and abuse is going to be healed in this house today because of the cross. Somebody lift your hands. I'm not done, but lift your hands. You might not have physical pain, but you got emotional pain. You might not have a physical problem, but you got an emotional problem. You got hurt. You got issues. Your past is haunting you. Your emotional trauma is causing you to cut yourself and have suicidal thoughts. That's not the will of God. That's the attack of the enemy. And Christ purchased your healing for your emotions. Now listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. I want you to see. I want you to notice. When I preached about and talked about and gave revelation of the fact that Jesus could heal our physical bodies, there was a tremendous release in the room. When I talked about him healing our emotional self, there wasn't quite the same release. And the reason is because there is a stigma attached to emotional issues. People are very... uh, Uh, comfortable to speak about physical issues, but they're not as comfortable to speak about their emotional issues. It's one thing to say I've got a disease. It's one thing to say I've got pain in my body. It's one thing to say this hurts or that hurts. It's another thing to say I was abused. It's another thing to get open and real and honest about hurt and darkness, suicidal stuff. You don't want anybody to know that. And the reason you're in darkness is because uh, you want to, you, uh, this, this darkness that you're under is alienating you from everybody because you don't want to share with nobody. And that's why we give, you know, a little of this and then just move on, preacher, because I don't want to talk about that. I don't, I don't want to, that's dark and that's too painful let me tell you something his pain will take away your pain I said his pain will take away your pain it don't matter how dark it is 
It don't matter what your story is. It don't matter how. You might not have shared it with anybody else. But guess what? Guess what? When he took that crown of thorns on his head and that blood flowed down, you know who he saw? He saw you. I said he saw you. He saw you and 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 you. He saw you. He saw you with your emotional issues. He saw you with your baggage. He saw you with your hurt. He saw you carrying around the abuse ever since you were a little girl or a little boy. He saw you. He saw you. And you got to know, you got to know, he could have called down one angel. And that one angel could have flicked that Roman soldier and knocked him to kingdom come. (laughs) But he said, no, 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 no. You go, ahead and, you go ahead and make that crown of thorns. You go ahead and make it. And you come over here and mock and jeer at me. And you slam that crown of thorns on my head as hard as you can. And you cause that blood to flow down. Why? Because I see somebody, August whatever, at the Pentecostal Church of Harvey. And they're sitting on a pew. And they are... Darkness has invaded their soul, and their mind is tormented by it all. And he said, go ahead and do it, because what's about to happen is going to bring healing for their minds. Anybody believe what I'm preaching right now? I didn't, I didn't mean to keep stopping and having altar services, but we're going to do it. Now listen, I can't force you to put your faith in that reality. I can't force you to put your faith in the reality of what he purchased for you in your mind and your emotions. But if you'll put your faith in it right now, you will be healed. That darkness is going to leave you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke every suicidal spirit. I rebuke every cutting spirit. I rebuke every dark spirit. I rebuke every oppressive spirit. I rebuke it. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands right now. I Lift your hands and receive a miracle in your mind right now. Receive a miracle in your emotions right now. Come on, we got some young people that need a miracle in your minds. You need a miracle in your emotions. I want you to lift your hands all across this auditorium. I want you to believe God has the power to do a miracle right now. Ha, ha, ha. Whoa, ha, ha. Woo. Come on, the enemy don't want somebody to receive a miracle in your minds right now. He doesn't want you to receive a miracle in your emotions right now. The enemy's fighting against you. He's wanting you to stop. He's wanting you to put your hands down. He's wanting you to say it's not going to work. He's wanting you to believe uh, that this is the way it's been for so long and this is the way it's always going to be. I'll rebuke that lie right now. Somebody needs to lift your voice. Somebody needs to lift your hands. Uh, Somebody needs to allow your faith to soar to the reality that God can do a miracle in my mind. Mind. 
Sata lorobokotoye la rarabasata. Elorobokotoye la rarabakata. Listen, there's one more part of our, that makes up who we are that the cross purchased a miracle for, and I'm going to get to it, and I'm going to preach it. But for right now, I want you to lay your hand on somebody. Come on, there's a miracle for your mind right now in this room. There's a miracle for emotions in this room. I'm probably going to stop you here in a bit and preach just a few more minutes, and then we'll give the altar service and the altar appeal. But I want you right now to lay your hand on somebody. I want you to be bold in the Holy Ghost. I want you to believe. I want you to believe what Christ did for you. I want you to believe that the blood that covered over his mind is the same blood that's going to cover over your mind. I want you to believe for it. Sata lobokotoye, ikata lobosoto lobokotoye, ilobokotolobosata, ikata lobosataye. There it is. 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 Tell the Lord, I receive miracle in my mind. I receive your healing virtue in my mind. I receive healing power in my mind. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, as long as you're wanting to hold on to it, he cannot take it from you. As long as you want to hold on to it, he can't take it from you. But if you'll allow him to heal it, he'll take it all from you. Why would you want to carry home the same hurt you brought with you? Why would you want to carry home the same darkness you showed up with? You don't have to. The healer is here. The healer is here. The healer is here to take it all. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Sata lobokotoye, 
Emotional healing is here. Emotional healing is here. Emotional healing is here. Emotional healing is here. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's flowing in this house. It's flowing in this room. It's moving. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, it's not the will of God for you to struggle with that. It's not the will of God for you to be bound by that. Come on, that's it. Just open your mouth and say, God, I receive your healing. Just open your mouth and say, God, I receive your healing touch. I receive victory into my life. There it is. 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 I receive it. 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 I receive it, I receive it, I receive it. I receive my healing. I receive a healing touch into my life. I receive a healing touch into my mind. I receive a miracle for my emotions. I've been living in darkness for so long. I wanna live in the light. The devil's been telling you it was over. The devil's been telling you there's no hope. The enemy's been telling you this is the way it's always going to be. But I rebuke that lie right now. Come on, it's the will of God for you to be set free.
Sata Loroboko Toye Laramasataye. Yiloroboko Toya Laramasataye Loroboko Toya. Those that are praying, I want you to pray for just a little bit more. I'm going to ask everybody that would, I want you to make your way to the altar. I'm not done. I got one more point to preach. But I want everybody that would to join us in the altar right now. Those that are praying, keep praying for just another minute or so. Please join us in the altar if you would. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power is at work. The healing power of Almighty God is at work in this house right now. Emotions are being healed. Lives are being transformed. There it is, 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 there it is. Come on, this is what I've been preaching about. It's happening, it's happening, it's happening. There it is. There it is. His blood is covering your mind. The blood he shed on Calvary is covering your mind, even right now. His blood is penetrating through every lie. His blood is penetrating through every dark place. His blood is penetrating through everything, every lie of the enemy. And everything his blood touches is being healed. The power is in the blood. The power is in the blood. The power is in the blood. There it is. There it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. I plead the blood over your mind. I plead the blood over your mind. I plead the blood over every mind in this room right now. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over every person with faith to believe in its power.
Now let me have your attention. Let me have your attention, please. You say, well, Pastor, you're, you're hindering this right now. No, 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 no. The preaching of the word never hinders sincere prayer. It enhances it. Because maybe you only needed the first part or the second part. But somebody in the house needs the third part. And it wouldn't be fair to leave somebody out if they can experience what we're experiencing. The third part that makes up who we are is our spirit. That's the part that's going to live on forever after we die. That's the part that's going to spend eternity forever, either in heaven or in hell. And here's the thing. The only hindrance and the adversary that has the potential of keeping our, our spirit from heaven is a thing called sin. Sin is what brings pain. Sin is what brings suffering. Sin is what brings the judgment of God upon our lives. Sin is what will eventually, if left unchecked, will take us to a devil's hell. There's nothing in and of ourselves that we can do to remedy the sin problem in our lives. There's nothing we can do with our own strength to remedy the penalty and the judgment of sin that is in our lives. Because the book says this in Hebrews 9.22, and almost all things are by law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So there had to be a shedding of blood in order to remit or to take away the sins of our lives. He was whipped so we could be healed physically. Crown of thorns so we could be healed emotionally. But we read this, John 19 and 34, but one of the soldiers with a spear as Jesus' hanging there on that cross, pierced his side, and immediately came there out blood and water. When they stuck him with the spear and the blood poured out, it caused there to be forgiveness of our sins and a healing for our spirits. Because of the shed blood, we can now be with him throughout all of eternity because his blood is bigger than my sin and his blood is bigger than your sin. We have the opportunity to have our sins washed away and our sins dealt with because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So whether your need is physical whether your need is emotional or whether your need is spiritual, if you have never repented of your sins and told the Lord, God, I am sorry for every sin I've committed. I am sorry for everything I've done that is contrary to your word. Or if you have done that, but you have walked away from God. If you have done that at some point in your life, but you have fallen back into the sins of this world, we need to repent of our sins. And once we have repented of our sins, we We need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the washing away of our sins. Because what happens at baptism? At baptism, when you go down in the watery grave and you come back up, the blood of Jesus Christ covers over you and he washes away every sin that's in your life. The blood, his death fixed every problem. Every problem you and I could ever face, his death fixed it all. 
I'm thankful for the cross of Christ today. And so here we go. We're going to respond yet again. Whether you need a physical miracle, whether you need an emotional miracle, or whether you need a spiritual miracle. The blood of Jesus Christ is here to heal your body, heal your mind, and heal your soul. He's here to forgive you. He's here to wash your sins away. He's here to heal your mind. I'm going to ask, we're going to push one more time or maybe five more times. I don't know. But I want you right now to be bold in the Holy Ghost. I want you to, I want you to if, it's, if you're not praying for yourself, if you're praying for yourself, I want you to pray for yourself. If not, I want you to find somebody. I want you to lay your hand on them. We need to minister one to another in a powerful and a profound way in these next few moments. I believe Jesus Christ has wanted to do something great, even greater in the house. Could you help me now? Could you lay your hand on somebody? Could you minister to somebody? Could you pray for somebody? Could you allow the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit to begin to operate in this house? Could you allow the power of God to begin to flow through you? Say, well, preacher, I've already been praying for a little while. It doesn't matter. Come on, push a little bit more. Push a little bit more. I just believe God's got something more for you. I just believe God's got something more for you.